Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our Sermon on the Mount series with Matthew 5, 33-37. Jesus continues to address misconceptions about the Old Testament law. He's already showed us that the same sin that produces murder lies in all our hearts as sinful anger, and that committing adultery stems from the same sinful lust that resides in all of our hearts. And that wrongful divorce, which they were in the habit of practicing, also amounted to adultery. So what's next? Jesus points back to Leviticus 19.12, where God said, Do not swear by my name falsely. Now, if we've learned anything in the last few weeks, we know that Jesus is pointing out that they are guilty of this, even though they didn't think that they were. We can also expect that this has something to say to us today as well. Our hearts are so deceptive that they tell us we aren't sinning even when we are. That's the lesson in Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You might ask, why am I preaching? Well, because Pastor Jim made the mistake of preaching a shorter sermon that affords me the opportunity to do so, but I'll turn it over to him now. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Yes or No? It's an amalgamation of several scriptures woven together. It is the Word of God. But there are three places in particular that are sort of mashed into this quote. You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. I'm going to show you these three passages, and then I'm going to use them to show you what the significance is of what Jesus said. The first is Leviticus 19.12. Now, I know this is probably old hat to you. I imagine that this morning when you got up after you prayed for a couple of hours, you were doing your devotions in Leviticus. You probably just saw this this morning. But in case you haven't been reading Leviticus, here's what Leviticus 19.12 said. You shall not swear falsely by my name so as to profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Then there's Numbers chapter 30 verse 2. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And the third one that is woven together, Deuteronomy 23:21. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. Now, understand, there isn't anything wrong with those verses, nor is there any reason to diminish in the slightest their application to you and me today. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's, that's the law. We're not under the law. Christ fulfilled the law. We're in Christ. Yes, but the the morality of God never changes. When you have a clear statement of a moral principle like this, it applies just as much to you today 
as if you were an Israelite in the wilderness under Moses when those verses were first recorded. But the problem is the way that the teachings and the practices of the Pharisees circumvented the meaning of those passages. They had an elaborate system of rationalization that actually reversed the teaching of those passages from God's Word. So by redefining and misusing these things, oaths or promises or vows had degenerated into cheap decorative language to spice up the things you say, and and it really didn't have any true significance. Now, as with other illustrations Jesus used here in this chapter, these practices failed to deal with the real issues in the heart. In this case, the real issue is integrity or the lack of integrity. And it allowed for their false sense of righteousness to prevail in the show that they could put on to show other people how righteous they were. Now, I'll show you how it all worked out as we move on to the application of the law. Three verses in a chunk, 34 through 36. But I say to you, and that's the second half of his formula that he uses, you've heard that the ancients were told, fill in the blank, but I say to you, and now he's explaining what it really means. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Now, I kind of doubt if any time this week you have said to somebody, well, I swear by the city of Jerusalem that I will fix your plumbing problem on Tuesday afternoon. You probably haven't used an oath like that. So we've got to put it in its, in its context. Jesus is showing that the Jewish leaders taught something that wasn't just inadequate. What they taught was totally wrong. And what Jesus says in these verses makes sense uh, only in light of the error that he was addressing. Now, by the way, you read that phrase, make no oath at all. There's a context to that. He is not forbidding taking formal oaths like in a court of law. I promise to tell the truth. I swear to tell the truth. Or, or, or a wedding vow or signing your name on a, on a contract. I'll, I'll circle back and we'll fill in that later. When the Lord said, make no oath at all, he was aiming at the custom of that day, which said that only statements sworn to actually need to be kept. And even among those, there were certain forms of swearing to things that were not actually binding. And Jesus says, no, all oaths are binding. And therefore, in common everyday speech, No trivial oath is necessary. Just say what you mean and mean what you say. A a simple yes or no is sufficient. Now, oaths came into existence for a reason, because people are prone to lie ever since Adam and Eve fell. But it's wrong to suppose that a lie is somehow excusable 
unless there is a specific oath attached to it. The teaching of the Pharisees violated that. They said that, in essence, lying was not sinful unless it was done in, in, in one particular form. According to them, only oaths in which God's name was invoked or some specific attribute of God was mentioned, only those oaths were binding. And other oaths, not naming God directly or not suggesting the, the nature or the character or the existence of God, well, those just simply weren't binding. So, they came to be known for their constant use of oaths. Putting in flowery language, you know, and I say to you by the gold of the temple, I say to you by the hairs of my head, and then whatever they say. And Jesus said, that's bunk. Well, that wasn't the Greek word that he used. Um, Jesus was pretty strong about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. If you're to skip ahead a few pages in Matthew, you would come to Matthew 23. Let me just read to you verses 16 to 22, and then it gets worse after that. But I'll just read these to you. Jesus says to the Pharisees in the temple, just a few days before He went to the cross, He says this in public, Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Whoever swears by the temple, that's nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obligated. You fools and blind men, which is more important, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, that's nothing. But whoever swears by the offering upon it, he is obligated. Now, obviously, those things reflected practices that were actually in place. He says, you blind men, which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctifies the offering? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears both by the altar and by everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears both by the temple and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears both by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Now, here's what was going on. You can take a statement and change the emphasis... And if you do it skillfully, you can make up a completely different meaning in many instances. And here's what the Pharisees were doing with God's Word on this subject of integrity, truth-speaking, promises, vows, oaths, covenants, all of that. Consider those three scriptures that were amalgamated into what we read in verses 34 through 36. If you go back to Leviticus 19.12... Here's God's intended emphasis on that. You shall not swear falsely by my name. The meaning? Keep your word. Honor your promises. I know every word that comes out of your mouth. And I know the intention of your heart behind it. So if you make a promise, keep it. That's what God meant. Leviticus 19.12 in the Pharisees' emphasis. You shall not swear falsely by my name. In other words, you can swear falsely in anything else you want. Long as you don't mention my name, you have, well, King's X. Doesn't matter what you do. You're only bound when you swear by God's name. Or move over to Numbers chapter 30, verse 2. God's emphasis. If a man makes a vow to the Lord 
or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.